Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Here to do the thing again. It's been a minute. I'm back. Um... So, yeah, what do I want to get into? I mean, shit has just been crazy just scheduling-wise, you know. Um, Shaheen's been working, um, so sometimes the time that I'm off is the time that he's working. And, man, it's like every time I get off work, it's like, how can I maximize my time? How could I do the most that I could do around my house? Because um, you know, I got my daughter's graduation party coming up, and um, I've been just, like, crushing it on the yard and trying to get everything perfect back there. So it's, you know, prime for hosting that. Um, so, you know, I've been dealing with that and doing a lot because, you know, I replaced my fence. So 20 panels of the fence I replaced, which obviously leaves the old fence with something to do with. So I had to burn all of that because I tried to put out the garbage. And even though I busted the slats off and put it in garbage cans, they wouldn't take it. So, um, I had to burn the equivalent of 20 full eight foot fence panels, you know, six foot tall, eight foot wide. You know, that that's a lot of wood. And um, so I've been cutting it down with a circular saw and then just burning it in the in the fire bowl thing. 
Um, then I got like a pile of like old wood that was just kind of rotting in my yard for years that I unearthed and I'm chopping that up with a chainsaw and trying to burn that, but it's all like old and spongy and shit. So that's harder too. But so I'm working on that as well as trying to fix different parts of the yard and do this and that and, you know, make everything come together. It's real time consuming and it's following my eight hour day, you know, so work six days a week plus like a second shift when i get home on all the shit that i'm doing here um my gym is almost um heading towards complete i got the mirror the mirror is just leaning against the uh the wall right now still in the box and everything but um i got a nice long mirror for the middle of the the wall and um my flooring is done so i got the red uh you know whatever they call that the uh the foam flooring that goes together like puzzle pieces, gold walls, red curtains, red trim. You know what I mean? Ninered out, like ready to do this murder shit in there. So, um, and I've been doing that. Yeah, I've been hitting. It's so nice now, too, because I could just in the morning eat my breakfast, get ready for work, and then just go hit a couple supersets in there, you know? And then, like, I'm starting my day with already some training under my belt, and then I can get back at it later. So it's like, an effortless two a days, you know, because I mean, to me, half of the effort is getting there, you know, same thing with like work running or anything. The, the hardest thing ever for me running, I hate running. I haven't run in technically I haven't run in probably well over a year, but um, the hardest part with running was always getting off the porch. That's it. Just those first couple steps off the porch. That's the hardest part about it. Once I got out, I was able to mind trick myself to say like, oh, I plan on doing three miles. And then I got like three miles and change and about a half mile to get home. And then I go, well, we're going to stretch it to four. So I'll just make another turn. And then it's like four and change. I'm like, ah, well, five sounds better to me. So, you know, little by little, you just start pushing and pushing, you know. So I had done a lot of runs in the past like that where I didn't expect it to be anything. And then once I got going, I turned it into a lot. And training is you know, easy for me that way. Cause I love training, but a matter of getting to the place. So a lot of times it would be like getting to the gym and being there for a certain amount of time and fitting that into my schedule. But with the gym right here in the house, forget it. You know what I mean? Like there's always time. So it's a lot easier. You don't have to worry about holidays. The gym's closed this, the day, oh, the, the, you know what? It's, it's all right here. So I'm, I'm really excited about you know, the levels I'm going to take myself to in there. Um, once, you know, everything's fully up mirrors hung and all that shit. This mirror makes a big difference, you know, to have a mirror, uh, for those who don't know, like training wise, if you're able to, to see the muscle you're working, you can really focus in on that muscle a lot better and make a lot more progress on building that actual muscle. Sounds crazy, but you know, the more you could, cause if you have like a stronger muscle, it's going to try to kick in and compensate to help your weaker muscles. But the more that you're focusing on that specific muscle, you know, you're going to make that muscle work, do all the work. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm, um, I'm very much looking forward to that coming together, but it's like, I'm doing a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, bringing it all together at once. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Um, let me see, let me get at topics here. Um, let me go with uh, what I got on Facebook first. 
So I think that should lead me into a lot of the things that I planned on talking about today. Uh, Paul wants to know, do I care about Tommy End? Um, I don't care about wrestling in general, but I, um, I like Tommy End's work. I mean, when he came and he worked the best of the best, whatever number that was with the uh, Big Hero 6 graphic, um, he, uh, you know, I, I thought he was impressive. I thought he was way underused in companies like CZW that could have been booking him when they were just booking guys that did DJ a favor overseas. All these fucking uh, Trent Seven and and bullshit like that. Like these guys that were complete fucking jerk offs and like not special at all. They were getting booked left and right, but you know guys like Tommy N were brought in like way way late. And um, yeah, I mean I think he's really good. He's another one of these legit guys that could really fight and all that. And uh, you know he's trained martial arts and all sorts of shit, but. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that his look is weird to be fitting into the WWE, you know. Um, but times have changed, and I guess he did all right for a little bit. But they didn't really have a spot for him. They didn't. They didn't figure it out. I don't even watch the product, so I can't even tell you what went wrong or. Oh, I knew it when this happened because I didn't. I haven't seen a single match that he had in WWE. I don't think I've seen a single WWE match since he's been signed in WWE. That's how little I watch that shit. But, I mean, I generally just don't give a fuck about any of it. You know, any any form of it. Um, uh, he wants to know my thoughts on Sadika. So, let's just go into this, all right? So, I had heard that this chick, Sadika, from Mexico, was some next level shit um anthony masao he was putting her over saying like yo like she's fucking crazy she shouldn't even be wrestling chicks and all this shit uh that that one time uh, a guy tried to get um like shoot with her in the ring and she kicked his teeth down his throat that's i mean these are the things that, that he's telling me so it's getting my attention and going like oh, okay so i see on the first night of the icw thing which ICW is on IWTV. So I got it on there. And that's why I watch a lot of this ICW and I even watch some of this H2O shit. H2O to me is complete trash. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything good about it. But, like, I'll just be sitting here eating my dinner on a Thursday and be like, oh, well, I think there's a show. Or I'll see Captain Dave posting, like, off the, off the wall just fucking... Post, 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 post. And it's like, oh, well, clearly H2O is going on tonight. So I'll just turn it on. And I'll, I'm always disappointed. Um, with ICW, generally, um, I don't go out of out of my way. But I'll see a match coming up that goes like, you know, like they got Schlack versus uh, Scott Summers in August. That, get, that gets my attention. I'm going to make sure I see that match. And then if they throw other shit on that card that I might like, then maybe I'll, I'll catch that shit too. But, um. You know, stuff like that stands out and makes me want to, like, let's see if I'm around or I could turn that on at, you know, whatever time it's going to be on. So, uh, the Sadika thing was was intriguing to me. And um, so, I I, uh, I turned on, it was uh, Kimberly versus Sadika. And most of the time, too, with this, uh, if I put wrestling on the TV, it doesn't keep my attention very long. Because, I, I as I've told you a lot of times with this show, like, I'm burnt out on it. I don't give a fuck about like when, sh when simple shit 
has you like yawning and rolling your eyes like, oh, here we go with the lockup, Irish whip, leapfrog, drop down, you know, like shit like that. It's like, here we go with this shit. Like, I don't give a fuck about it anymore. Like, and, and just as a whole, like, that's just like the process of what goes on in a wrestling match or whatever. But you just start to get like, I just get to the other shit that I haven't seen before. Start hitting each other hard. Start doing some crazy shit. And that's what that's what actually gets my attention is when they start legitimately fucking each other up, you know, and shit gets like real rough. And uh, that that doesn't always happen. And then, you know, a lot of the deathmatch shit is kind of just blended together to me. One match after another after another and nothing really jumps out to me again. I'm not I'm just not all in on it, but um, so. She caught my attention based off of the things I was hearing. And uh, I'm looking at my phone because that's what I do have to match. It just doesn't keep my attention. I'm seeing that like she's getting, you know, kind of stiff. But it's it still seemed like it was building. It didn't seem like we were reaching the middle or the end or whatever the fuck. And all of a sudden it was over. And Larry's standing in the ring like, like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then I heard she like stormed out, uh, Kimberly stormed out and said, fuck you, Danny, fuck this company or, you know, but I, I didn't know what the fuck happened. So then later on, uh, I was told that like she threw a chair at Kimberly and then she stormed out after she threw a chair, which, which that's like ridiculous. That whole, like, that is not a good execution of an angle. If that's an angle, if the whole thing's an angle, that what a garbage fucking storyline for them to do that with. Like, you know, and especially after I saw the match the next day with uh, Murdoch, like, that, what a waste of her fucking booking. If you had her for two days and your first day was just doing that dumb shit with Kimberly, where Kimberly just, like, runs away from the match, like, what kind of fucking, first off, for her, what kind of wrestler is she supposed to be when this chick is in there and then you just completely break it, break the kayfabe and, and, and the... The aura, just go like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this shit. And you just storm the fuck out. I thought you were a bad bitch a minute ago. You know, you show up here with your jeans on and shit. Step into the pit and all of that. And, and then you just storm the fuck out because it got too rough for, oh, she's being too shooty. I, I, I don't know. Like, it just, it seemed like a bad look for everybody. Um, I guess it, it made Sadika look dangerous. Like, oh, even she doesn't want to wrestle her. But, like, that's... That's whack. Like, have her squash her. Have her, you know, something. Like, that That whole thing, you know, have it where, like, she goes too far with Kimberly and security tries to break it up and she fucks security up. That type of shit. And then Murdoch finally comes in to restore order and tell her, like, you know, save that shit for tomorrow night. You know, like, some something like that. Like, you could have done that and it, everything would have made sense. Like, oh, she went overboard. She's crazy. Like, you didn't know if this was shoot work, what the fuck was going on. And I guess part of that is like, oh, well, you got people talking. Cool. Right. But like Kimberly looks like a shithead that ran away from a match. Sadika looks like, I don't know, like, I, I mean, are we going towards unprofessional? Is that what we're trying to sell? Because that's a silly ass sell. And it, and it definitely sold some people. Um, so that was like how that ended. So now the next night. She goes in with Murdoch, and I love this fucking match. I, I really thought it was great. Um, I wasn't sure what she was really capable of until this match, despite what I had heard. 
And I'm telling you, like, she fucking killed it. She took a ton of abuse to start the match, which is a great lead in from like a, you know, a female deathmatch wrestler. Because if she goes in there, nobody knows anything about her. And the first thing that happens is the champion just lays into her and just busts all sorts of tubes on her and does all this shit. And she's still ready for war in there and she's ready to fight back now. You've already established something like she's not out of her league. She's here to fucking go. Um, and I think they built that really well. Um, I can't take you through spot by spot of any match or anything like that. Cause I don't even take notes during this shit. I just kind of watch and retain what I could. But, um, she did a, a, a fucking corkscrew dive off of the fucking scaffolding or, or whatever that is. The little platform up there, which is like just higher than the top rope. And, like, you know, the corkscrew had to land, like, flush on, like, through tubes, all Murdoch, and the shit was crisp. That shit looked good as hell. So, I, I don't, you know, I don't see any unprofessional or, or sloppy work. I mean, there's deathmatch wrestlers out there. Half of the fucking deathmatch community, half of the fucking, the, the workers are so fucking sloppy as wrestlers. So sloppy. And these motherfuckers have been out there years. So she comes in. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt for at least as long as we're giving these fucking guys. How many fucking matches are, is Jimmy Lyons going to have in the, in the United States before we, like, you know, throw somebody out before they had something legitimate? You know what I mean, like, she's been doing whatever she's been doing over in Mexico. But I'll tell you what, like, this, this psycho gimmick that she's selling, it works. It fucking works. And, like, there's not enough of that. Um, shout out to my boy Shaheen recording this show. Um, you know, doing his thing with the uh, nuclear heat graphics. Check him out for any commissions you need and all of that. But he, he didn't like Sadika. And he said that, you know, she seemed unprofessional and, and dangerous and, and a liability and all that. And uh, I, I just don't agree. I think that's. You know, like, just like where uh, Bruiser Brody would come out and swing the fucking chain in the crowd. Man, like, you didn't watch the fuck out. You were getting clipped with that shit. I know times were different and this and that, but there was a point where fans were legitimately scared of these fucking wrestlers. Especially the heels who were telling the fans, I don't fucking like you. You know, and that that's missing. And that's a lot of what, everything is such, such like a, an agreement now. Like, okay, guys, I'm going to do some dangerous shit. I can't wait to do it. I'm going to go right through that class. You guys ready? Clap for me like you did last time. And it's like, I don't want anything to do with that fucking sport. That fetish bullshit that, that deathmatch wrestling has turned into, fuck that. I want to half believe that this motherfucker is out there to hurt somebody. That's what I want. Give me that fucking image where somebody's coming out there and... Dude, I don't know. She's fucking dangerous. She might hurt somebody. You know who fucking half his fucking career went that way? You know who whose career went that way where you didn't know what the fuck was going to go down when he came out? Nick fucking Gage. He would fucking pull that chair out and hit motherfuckers with the rim of the fucking chair. Go back and watch some of the shit that him and Justice Payne were doing when they were tagging up as the hate club. This motherfucker was straight up hurting motherfuckers. He, I mean, DJ Hyde caught the rim of that fucking chair over the top of his head and opened his shit up. Like, 
he used to just fuck people up. Like he didn't give a shit about them. And, you know, maybe part of that was a work, but you couldn't tell a whole lot because he was really fucking brutal. And there was like shit that went down where like Gage. Um, so it was the hate club versus hero and B-boy at cage of death. The one year go back and watch that brutal. They fucking abused them. They completely fucking thrashed them and treated them like jobbers. And yeah, obviously Chris, Chris hero and B-boy are no jobbers, but they fucking destroyed them. And Ian got mad. Ian got legit mad that his guy got treated like that. Cause I think hero had their title at the time too. And Ian was legit mad at like, dude, how could you let them do that to you? And yeah, I mean, the, the boot scrapes were just like, holy shit. And everything in it was just like, they didn't give a fuck about them. So if that's, that's the image that, that she's going to give off and people are legitimately buying it. I'm already starting to, I'm already sold because who the fuck else is doing that? Not enough people, not enough. She posted something on Instagram before she came over too. Um, and she posted uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And she posted a picture of her holding a Mexican flag. And it said uh, something like, uh, my beautiful flag. Uh, she said, um, I'm going to the United States to spill some American blood. You know what I mean? Like that shit right there. Like there's a difference between that and going... I'm so excited to go over to America for my first tour on the East Coast. And it's just so exciting. And I've waited my whole life for this. Now, you might actually feel that way. And I don't blame you because it is a big deal. But you coming out and saying, I'm going to kill some fucking Americans. You you got motherfuckers ready. You got fans out there that are buying into that shit going, you get the fuck out of my country. And, you know, now you got heat. Now you got something going on. That's better than like the guy from Philly that goes into the ring and goes, oh, there's Philadelphia trash out here. And it's like, dude, it, that's hacky shit. But when you're coming from like another country and you're selling that up and you're doing it in a way where they think you're dangerous, they think you're unprofessional, they think you're just completely psychotic. And now you're shitting on their entire country that, you know, you're coming to work in. So everything about that shit went right to me. Um she threw some old tubes in the crowd after the fucking thing. And uh, to my knowledge, nobody got fucking hurt. All I know, you know, Alex Cologne jumped over the fucking thing and, and scraped the motherfucker up with a barbed wire. That caused more injury than her throwing tubes outside. Maybe she knew she had enough distance. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe she didn't give a fuck and she was lucky. Possibly. You know what I mean? But either way, again... We're further selling this fucking, this aura of this crazy, psychotic chick. Um, and personally, I don't give a fuck about their fans. So if she kills motherfuckers in that front row, I got a couple names that I'm, I'm rooting for. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to see, like, this motherfucker lose his life on iPay-Per-View, on IWTV. If I'm eating my dinner and, like, you know, I don't want to start naming names, but... If one of these motherfuckers catches a light tube in the jugular, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to enjoy my night. So whatever, I, I'm cool with that, too, because I'm never going to be in the fucking front row or second row or a fucking building that that's hosting wrestling ever again in my life. So I don't give a fuck. She kills the whole building. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of her business. So um, I'm in it for the entertainment. You know, um, 
So, yeah. I, I like this chick, and I'm sold on it. The thing I didn't like, the one thing I didn't like, I don't know if they do this shit in Mexico and it gets a different reaction or it's 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 cool or someone likes it. But she had plants. She had, like, people who came with her. And they were, like, pulling her hair during the match. And it didn't make any fucking sense to me. Because then, like, you know. And I don't know. I also don't know. You would have to go back and look. When she threw the tubes near people in the crowd, you'd have to look and see if those were her fucking people. Because she was doing so much interaction interaction with those guys that it could have very well been something with them. Um, they even had like a thing where they were doing almost like a stage signings after the show, pictures and signings. And she was like snapping a tube and cutting these motherfuckers in their forehead and watching them just like bleed on the ground and taking a picture with them bloody and shit. But towards the end, you heard them speak in Spanish and I'm willing to bet that they came with her. And that was all just like, again, building the the mystique because she wasn't just cutting random fans that wanted to bleed because i know a couple assholes that probably would have been front row for that and i didn't see them on the video doing it only two guys that didn't speak english and that makes a lot of fucking sense when she was doing shit all weekend that had to do with her people that she brought with her as like extras in you know parts that she was doing so so i liked her whole shit some people didn't obviously um I think Shaheen asked me in the other thing. Let me see. Uh, let me see here. Um, how does... Uh, oh, how does Britt not cancel her booking her versus Gage in Texas this Friday? Because, again, I think she's money. I don't think that what she was doing is something that you would not want. Like, I... I I don't know. I'm just not on the same page with that. And this is what I mean, too, about the Kimberly thing being a waste. So they got her versus Gage on Friday, I believe. Her versus Schlack on Saturday. You know, I mean, ICW had Schlack in the building, too. So, I mean, they could have very well did Schlack before GCW did. They're supposed to be in competition. So you got to start pulling the trigger on shit that they might do. You guys, you know, you're talking shit to each other and all this. And, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I get why and all that, but in the same token, like you guys want, you know, you, you guys want to compete. You want to really, you know, diss each other. Then, then start doing better business. Start like pulling better maneuvers than the other one that have access to those same maneuvers. Cause now do you think the, the Schlack versus Sadika match is going to be talked about? more or do you think the Kimberly versus Sadika match will be talked about more? Because I'm I'm gonna bet on the Schlack one. Not only that, but ICW's drawing like absolute garbage from what I can see. Um so yeah uh there there's that um Sozio is asking me about David Starr's sex and love addiction. I don't know, man. I don't know what anything about that because I haven't seen that dude since, you know, whatever he got exposed for. That dude disappeared off the planet, and I, I'm, I'm happy. Um, G says you already know. Ah, uh, yeah, all right. I, so, I gotta go into this thing here. 
And it's going to be one of those things where, like, I got to explain who the fuck I'm even talking about. Because most people don't know. Most people don't know who the fuck a, a Chrissy Rivera is. But I'll let you know. And um, and then I'll go into... Let, let me see. Uh, just trying to find where the, where the original tweet was that I responded to. Uh, now that was that was her new shit. Uh, she's uh she's off the hook. She's been on that that shit with this uh this um what do they call it? A speak out movement. And um, it, it's just gotten to the point where I I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, it uh it, it got to be just like real excessive where like. So Chrissy, like, she was in CCW for a long time. Uh, she deemed herself queen of the combat zone. Let's just go through it this way. She deemed herself queen of the combat zone. And we'll get to why she would be queen of the combat zone in a little bit. But um, she was a valet for uh, Niles Young, I think, uh, originally. Um, she was part of the blackout. Um, she was a uh, manager for Four Loco. She managed Greg um, and all this. Um, let, I mean, let's just get right out in the fucking open with the fact that Chrissy Rivera has zero fucking talent as far as wrestling goes. No, no, no promo, no wrestling, no anything she does in the world of wrestling contains talent. None. She's a short girl. She's a very short girl. Um, you know, cute girl, so she'll get into that role because she's, you know, she's not a terrible looking person or anything. And, you know, I'll give that to her, but that's not, you know, that's, that's not like hard to find, you know what I mean? You, you can find valets that, that can't wrestle or talk or any of that. That's easy enough, but she found her way into CZW and, um, it, you know, when it comes down to it, like she had people to be around and she just became friendly with a lot of these people. You know, Chrissy was a, a really nice person too. So she was, she was cool to be around and she got cool with a lot of people there. And I think that maintained her spot there. It wasn't based on talent. No one was popping for anything she was doing. It, you know, it, it was like just there. It was just like, you know, it was just, an extra more or less because there was no like she wasn't an integral part of the blackout she came out she was almost comic relief they all had blackout shirts on she had a shirt oh, omg wtf yeah that was like her big like oh okay like i'm the i'm doing this thing and you're doing that thing for a while she rode the the snooky thing because when the jersey shore came out people say she looked like snooky so she legitimately rolled with that as like her thing like she she said like i think i don't know if matches she came out to it but i think on one of her things it says she's from seaside heights on her facebook or some shit it, based on like that it, like this because she looked like snooky like that's the last thing i would want in my life is to look like one of these fucking people from jersey but besides the point 
the reason why she was queen of the combat zone is because they didn't book fucking females in the combat zone. If they continue to book Lefisto, which all the fans wanted, there's no way she wouldn't be queen of the combat zone. So when it comes down to it, you didn't stick up for the fucking people who deserved it more than you did. You didn't stick up and pull for women who were more talented than you. You just held a fucking spot and held on to it with all your might because it meant something to you. Not because you were helping women out in the fucking company and keeping creeps out of the locker room, which is what she's telling people now. So she's deemed herself the leader of this movement, the speak out movement. And the reason why I'm going at her to begin with is because she got to the point where she told she the, the tweet that um, we got into it on. She tweeted that. Um, if you, if you continue to work for companies who have these type of people in the locker rooms, then you're part of the problem. You're not part of the movement. First off, you sat around DJ for the whole fucking thing. Now, in retrospect, you're talking about like like you were keeping bad people out of the locker room and, and you didn't know about these stories and all that bullshit. You know about all the shit. Maybe not all the stories. I'm sure you learned some new stories as we all kind of did. But the sup girl thing where he was hitting Lefisto up in the DMs trying to fucking get with her. That was such a regular running joke that I've heard come out of your mouth and so many other people that were in the fucking locker room. So everybody knew DJ was a creep, which look, yo, you can work for a fucking boss and say, hey, like, I know my boss is a creep, but I, you know, I mean, this is what it is. This is what I work. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't co-sign that guy as my boy, but like, yeah, my boss is a creep. You know, what are you going to do? So, um, you know, that, that's, that's one thing, but you can't later turn around and say anyone who works for creeps ain't shit. Like you just did it though. You know what I mean? Like you just did that on, on a higher level than anybody. You hung around this motherfucker for a lot longer than other females. But now, like, now, like, you're calling people, like, they're hypocrites if they do exactly what the fuck you did. You know, like, that's the crazy shit to me. So when she put that up, I just had to call her out and I said, like, that's pretty much exactly what you did for years. And she's like, no, I was helping girls and, uh, um... Yeah, like I was keeping creeps out of the locker room. And no, you weren't. The guy running the company was a fucking creep. And you can't say that because in the past, like when all this shit came out, I had made comments about the what's up with the sup girl because like you're acting as if like you never knew he was like that. But sup girl has been a thing for years, like creepy ass DJ. Oh, yeah. And, And it's bullshit that you didn't know about him fucking getting hotel rooms for all the female students that like he's trying to book them into his room. That shit's been going on for fucking years where he, he would fucking take them on the road and like, oh, yeah, he, he, he had them stay in his room or, or, or tried to or that, that's been a shit for years. I'm a fan. I, how do I know all this fucking shit? And you just didn't know anything. Get the fuck out of here. That's a fucking blatant lie. And it's like, do what you want to do. Work for whatever creep you want to. It's fine. But don't later on act like I could never even be around. Like now, if DJ rents a motherfucker a building, she's calling them out. Oh, I guess they work with DJ so that that they're not fucking... Dude, you did the same fucking thing. And until, like, you still got, like, former queen of the combat zone. You're claiming, like, 
like a fucking higher position in that company. Like, I'm the queen. Oh, so who's the fucking king? Fucking DJ Hyde? Because he owns this shit. And he runs around on the mic all day. And it's become his company. So hate it or love it, he's got to be the king of CZW, right? You know? He he makes all the calls and all of this shit. So he's he's your king right there. So if that's the claim that you're you're going with, oh, you're the queen. Well, that's because DJ isn't booking females. Cause because a chick like Lefisto can outwork DJ. And he doesn't like the way that looks. So he he just, you know, but he's already got a whole roster full of dudes outworking him. Last thing he needs is chicks in there outworking him too. And it's stupid because he'd have Lefisto on WSU cards, but not in, in, in the main card. But Chrissy was just an extra, so he could he could patch her into matches or whatever, and she kept being there, and and, and that's just what it was. But it wasn't like some some higher fucking super important role. Like her her big, big claim to fame that she has pinned on her on her Twitter is where she's doing a spot with the four loco where they had rope swings and shit, which they 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 borrowed off of uh, pro wrestling unplugged because I think Devin and them were in that match. And uh, yeah, yeah, she the move was on Devin, and uh, she hung on to a rope like my children can do, like my eleven year olds can do, and swung on the rope, and then she Devin caught her legs, and she let go of the rope, and rolled through. So there you have head scissors as Devin bumped to the thing. All Devin, that's on her fucking thing because that's her claim to fame. That's her big proud spot. That didn't take any fucking talent. So let's just get it fucking right as far as contributions in the combat zone. You just happen to be there for longer than any other female because the dickhead that we're talking about wouldn't book any other female. But you weren't giving up that spot despite the fact that it was wrong for you to be the only fucking female in the company because you sure weren't the most talented. There were more talented females sitting at the fucking merch table because he wouldn't book them. And they had another booking locally and were friends with somebody in the locker room and shit countless fucking times sitting right there selling eight by tens. And you know that shit. So a lot of this shit is crazy with her. It's a lot of revisionist history. And there was no reason for her to eat her fucking morals and continue to be there. Like she calls people out for shit, right? She's calling all these people out on other people's behalf. When this one, this one calls Joey Ryan out. Now she's all about, we got to bury Joey Ryan. We got to bury Joey Ryan. Danny DeMano was going on radio shows on podcasts and talking about him and Sammy Callahan are Eskimo brothers because they both fuck Christy. So Christy on the low would tell people like, I never slept with him. Okay, but why aren't you blasting this fucking guy? Because he's out in the fucking open, on the fucking air, telling people that he fucked you. Why wouldn't you put that guy on blast? I thought you were part of the... I thought you were the fucking leader of the movement. But it's all right for people to get away with doing shit like that. But you're in the movement, and you're in the movement. And every fucking day, for the longest time, she would just, like, every time something would happen, anyone would come out with a story, and she'd be like, it's getting so exhausting to, to fucking log off, man. What the fuck? This isn't your fight. The only fucking fight you had was 
fucking Sammy Callahan fucking cheating on you with fucking Jessica Havoc, her getting you blackballed out of the WSU while you still kept your fucking mouth shut about it. Fucking uh, uh, Danny DeMano trashing your fucking name, saying he did this and this. And hey, I don't know. I wasn't fucking there. Maybe he didn't do a fucking thing with you. Then he deserved to be fucking put on blast for, for being a scumbag and telling people like that. It's just weirdo shit like that that you opt to not say a word about, but all this other shit, you're just so exhausted. Oh, then maybe you should work harder at actual life and jobs and shit like that. Because when it comes to like this Twitter shit, that shouldn't be a fucking strain on your day. Because it's it's a it's a luxury item. It's 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 a it's a hobby or a little side thing. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like me saying like, yo, this Candy Crush is really stressing me out today. I don't know, man, this fucking level, I'm just all out of fucking bombs and the shit is just not, man, I'm so stuck. I'm running out of lives. I mean, really, like how much fucking time are you going to invest in fucking Twitter, Twitter shaming people, woke Twitter shaming people? You know, it's just, it's crazy. So I had called her on that shit, and then she just kind of was like, uh, you know, she, she tried to go back at me saying again she was protecting people in the locker room and all this, which wasn't the truth. And um, and then was like, yeah, I think you're wrong at the mat. Uh, you're, you're mad at the wrong person. I'm like, I, I ain't mad at anything. I'm, I'm a, on lunch at work, and that's all the time I have for this bullshit. And then I ended it. That was it. So I said no more. So, um... Her husband, who I guess he was posting like golfing pictures. He's um, Jigsaw's brother, Jigsaw's far less talented brother. Um, he um, he was posting like golfing pictures all day, right? And I was friends with both of them on Facebook, whatever. Um, so then all of a sudden, I see him like all her her comments to me. And then both of them deleted me off Facebook. <laughs> it's like, yo, so y'all got home. You two little mouseketeers got home. Had a little group meeting. Put your ears on and shit. Put your mouse ears on. We're like, what are we going to do about J-Cat? I don't know, man. Like, he's not going to stop. Like, this dude, he, like, he goes in and, like, he's not wrong. But I can't let him fucking know that on, on Facebook or Twitter. And, you know, I'm going to keep beating this fucking drum. You know where I'm not blocked on? Twitter. The same fucking place where she was posting her shit to begin with. Because she loves the fucking attention. Despite the fact that she wants to pretend like, yeah, we're not friends and this and that. Which we're not. It's all good. But, you know, it's just that attention is still still wanted, you know. But I, I figured I would just leave her on there because I knew eventually I was going to be doing this podcast. So let's see what kind of fucking... Uh, passive aggressive bullshit she tweets out and gets a bunch of little fucking idiots to, to like because like when it comes to fans the only fans you have is nerds that that want to bang you and just other females that are just like great job girl you jumped in the air and i'm proud of you like you know when it comes down to it like you should really invest more time in some something impressive, something somewhere impressive, because I haven't seen any of that. You know, it's just a lot of stress and bullshit. It's a lot of trips to fucking Disney World and drinking. I'm drinking this drink. Now I'm going to Disney and then I'm drinking this drink and now I'm going back to Disney. 
you know, and, and it's like, I was cool with Chrissy for a long time. And yeah, I watched her dog when her and Sammy got married and, um, and all, and all that. And, and legitimately actually, you know, had her over at my house and, uh, you know, with, with Sammy and all that. And, um, yeah, like I, she was a different person. She wasn't so like, did this, this like a quote unquote movement leader, you know, where everything's this big dramatic fucking thing that needs to involve her. So even after that, so that was, at, that was, um, that whole thing. Right. So less than a week later, Cosby gets fucking released. So she immediately fuck. She goes right on her shit. This is why I, Oh my God. <coughs> this is why people are scared to talk and speak out because victims aren't safe because people like, yeah, Cosby getting released is some bullshit. It really is. And especially like the motherfucker was walking, doing that little stop move thing. Like Cosby shit, like Cosby walking. Like that's some old wild shit. Yeah. Like that dude was really like portraying crippled in order to get out and, he, and it worked. Um, I mean, motherfuckers are going to play the system just like OJ did, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, it's disgusting. I mean, when people get away with, you know, raping women and shit like this. But that ain't got a motherfucking thing to do with Chrissy Rivera. That, Chrissy McGuckin. That ain't got shit to do with her. And, and not a motherfucking thing. So fuck uh, the victims of talking and this and that. You, like, what are you talking about? You didn't, like, shit, shit that happened with you, you didn't keep to yourself. You just kept it kind of low. Like, you would tell people, you would tell people on, like, because around the time when the shit went down, too, I also had Chrissy on my podcast as, like, a co-host and shit. Because I was, like, I was just fucking drinking like crazy and just trying to fucking do a show with somebody. And she was nice enough to come on. And, you know, I couldn't fucking tell you a single thing we talked about. We used to cover WWE and shit. Um, but, um... But even then, like she had just gone through the shit and I left all that shit off the show. I didn't I didn't go into any of that because I didn't want to interrupt her, you know, uh, you know, her healing process or, you know, whatever she had to go through. So I, I personally wasn't about like using that as like, oh, well, this people want to listen because now she's talking about Sammy Callahan. Like we just left that shit alone like it didn't happen. And um you know, later on, she would go on these little like nerd casts that got like 12 listeners and fucking three um three of them are the hosts and uh you know she she would start uh, you know telling them about it but it was something that would never go anywhere it would just stay on this little inside bullshit nerd circle but like the places that would get traction like i don't know the fucking same twitter that she's bitching about other people's problems on like that type of shit it never went there she never she didn't she was too scared to go there with the motherfuckers that went there with her but when it comes to everybody else, she's she's ready to go there. So it's 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 silly as hell. And I just I think the whole shit is fraudulent and just like it's just it's just for attention. And, and it got annoying to me. And so like that that specific comment just brought me out where I was like, man, I've been biting my tongue for a while on her. And um, I was just like, you know what? I, I got to say something and like we could just not be friends after this. And it's cool because. You know, if you're really going to go that far to say, like, if you work for someone who you know is a creep, then you're part of the... Are you fucking kidding me? 
You're fucking kidding me, right? DJ Hyde? You just you just found out. And, and now, because you're out of the fucking business, you're out of the fucking, no, no one's looking for you, ever. You can make a full-blown return tomorrow and nobody's fucking looking for you. So, I, I what do you have to lose at this point? Uh, you know, I, it, it is what it is with that. But I just had to fucking put that out there because the shit irritated me and uh, I just had to speak on it. And again, I know I, I just talked for a long time about somebody that nobody knows who the fuck they are. But um, if you look real low on the ring apron with a lot of blackout matches, you'll see her face. Um, uh, Michael Elgin leaving a suicide note and going on missing for a little bit. Uh yeah, I heard about that. That's crazy. I mean, the dude had some kind of drinking problem or something. They said his sponsor uh, couldn't find them or whatever. I, I still haven't. That was probably a week ago, and I haven't heard shit. So, I don't know. What the fuck? Um, what is my go-to cheap food? Do you like to smash three Whoppers like Nick Gage, eat an entire box of cereal, candy, cosmic brownies, Reese's? Uh... I mean, I am a snacking motherfucker. I have a dope metabolism, so I burn off shit. The only thing I got to do is make sure that I don't ruin my appetite for the shit that's going to fuel my body properly. And then I could eat whatever the fuck I want. But you don't want to ruin your appetite for the proteins that you need and, you know, the, the proper carbs that you need and all of that shit. So that's, you know, I just got to try to, like, manage that. But I smash so many fucking snacks, man. I, I am a... Uh, I've been big on ice cream at night. Um, I've been killing all sorts of fucking from from the, um, you know, peanut butter swirl fucking ice creams to the fucking uh, various types of uh, Klondike bars and shit like that. Snickers, ice cream bars, fucking killing them. Uh, but yeah, like fucking everything. Donuts, cookies, fucking. I get it in with snacks. I love fucking snacks. Love candy. Yeah, I mean, but. Again, I just I just make sure I'm hitting the protein that that I want to be hitting, and you know the rest of that shit doesn't really even matter when it comes to um, you know my metabolism handles that shit. Um, yeah, I don't know what Nick Gage eats as far his whole you know. Um, He says, I'll buy the paint for your accidental gold mistake in the weight room. Go Chiefs. Yeah, I, he's uh, busting balls because he's a Chiefs fan and I'm a Niners fan. And obviously my golden red is different than his yellow and red. Because that's what that is. That's yellow. You guys are yellow. <laughs> uh, yellow and red that he's rocking over there. And, uh, you know, I got the golden red. Golden red says, you know, five rings as opposed to what the chiefs are doing it'll be a long long time before they win another one i mean all jokes aside though i i do actually like the chiefs um it's it's niners all day there's no way that like i'd be on the fence about anything if the niners were in the running but once they're out i i kind of root for the chiefs you know montana went to the chiefs after he left the niners so i'll always have a soft spot for them but uh and mahomes is fucking amazing to watch love that dude um Except for, like, you know, he eats ketchup on, like, macaroni and cheese and shit. Like, that's always going to be weird to me. Um, I'm a Muppet guy, so his voice is fine with me. So it's not like, it's never bothered me. But, um, 
uh, Drake's return promo, Dancing with the Kids show. Yeah, this dude, he's out of, well, I know, everybody knows he's out of his fucking mind, but uh, he cuts his promo about how, like, this is a little bullshit attendance at this little stand-alone stand wrestling or stand-up for a kid, or I, I don't know what the fuck it's called, wrestling, but uh, take the masks off wrestling, ride for 45 wrestling but uh he, he gets this fucking promo and it's the same old shit and it's all about the kids man and uh you know like this whole thing and shouted out some biker ride for 45 gang or group or whatever the fuck you want to call them they were probably in the fucking capital when that shit happened but uh yeah and, and he's just more the same out of him but one of his big things, he thanked them for coming out and thank you for coming out and sacrificing time with your beautiful families. How do you know the families are beautiful? You got some, you know what I mean? Some of them could have left an ugly ass wife at home. You, now you're going to call them beautiful because you're kissing up to these, these people. And I don't know how many people were in the crowd, but it didn't look like much. So this guy goes, thank you so much for coming out and supporting the cause of fight for uh and he's like so now now we could really fight child trafficking and it's like dude the attendance of this show couldn't buy ice cream for a kindergarten class let alone fucking fight child trafficking i don't, I don't know like you should really know that it's gonna take a little bit more funds than than a poorly attended indie show in florida to to fight any kind of crime you know what i mean like Batman had to get so much more shit than that to fight crime. And you think you could run some little bullshit indie show and uh, suddenly you're going to fight crime. Now, you better go strap one of those fucking costumes on and go take it to the streets. <laughs> I love to see Drake as some shitty superhero running around all fucking ripped up. Hey, man, you trafficking that kid, man? Get away from me. <laughs> fucking harassing people with their fucking kids. Um, how's the new addition to the family's integration going? Uh, fantastic. Callie is best friends with Mo. Like they like huddle together. They're, they're fucking so, so close now. And he's, she is just like, she seamlessly adapted to everybody. Um, you know, she's a little on the shy side. You know, if you approach her, like when she's like standing out, like on the floor, She'll run from you, but if you go, like, while she's laying on the couch, like, you could pet her and mush her and all that, but, um, but, yeah, like, she immediately, like, wanted to be friends with every cat, so she's been, like, really, really outgoing to, to them and really well accepted. Leo's the main hurdle to get over. He's the king, and, uh, he accepted her, you know? He, he'll give it to her a little bit just like you would any other cat in the house, but he's not, like, targeting her. So it's good because he has the habit of doing that. If he doesn't like them, he doesn't like them. So then you have to split them up and keep them separate and all that stuff. But she really uh, blended really well. Uh, are we covering NWA now that Jesus is there? <laughs> and if so, uh, would you like to cover the current state of the title? Chris Masters and all the women's show. Just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not covering any motherfucking NWA, but I'll tell you that, like, G's being there is fucking fantastic. Uh, this guy being on any kind of TV is some shit that's been way, way overdue. 
I mean, it, it's just this dude's got all the ring talent. All the things I was saying before that Chrissy can't do, G's can do because, I mean, that's not that's not even, you know, a slight to her, but like he can cut promos, he can wrestle. He's you know, there's people that actually come to, to see him wrestle. So, but but that's you know he's capable of doing a lot, and uh, you know to finally see him get this shot on TV because you know it, it's. He's had spots on WWE. He's had spots on TNA in, in like the same month. Like shit was crazy, and uh, just like no one seems to know what to do with him. And I don't know why that is, but NWA seems to to get it. And hopefully, this goes a long way. I never really rooted for the success of a wrestling company more, but uh, I definitely, you know, hope that they succeed. And he's a big part of their success because he deserves it. He's been doing this for a long fucking time, and now he's gonna get a spot to shine. And I mean, that's that's the only thing he can do because, you know, he, he's he's been doing this too long to do some half-ass bullshit. So shout out, jeez. Um, Olympics and weed. Olympics going on with no fans. Yeah, I don't even. I didn't even know that there was Olympics until the chick got, um, I guess, banned for for weed. The thing about it is, and um, I, you you can't make this like a race thing. You just can't, because rules are rules. When it comes down to it, you're not allowed to. It's a banned substance, and you know that. If you're training for the Olympics, there's no like. And I know she was dealing with some shit, like her, her somebody, her family died or something, and she was she was mourning and like she just just smoked. But you gotta know when you just smoke, you just eliminated yourself from the Olympics because they are like really crazy with testing. Same thing, you know, UFC. Every fucking time uh, John Bones Jones fucking fights, he, he fails for some shit afterwards. You, you gotta know when you go do some shit. Well, there goes next month's booking. That's just it's just a wrap. These people train so fucking hard. Um, from what I understand, this chick was phenomenal at what she was doing, the running. And um, it, but that's just that's just what it is. If it's not legal there, it's not legal there. So you just can't, you know. Um, uh, what's up on the special dark side and discrepancy of of Nick Gage's dark side podcast coming out? I don't know. I got to get together with Brian on it. Like this whole thing has been like, you see how long it took for me to just get on here and talk my shit for a bit because, um, schedules, like I was telling you earlier. So imagine now you add another person to that. Now I got to get everybody fucking scheduled to get it. It winds up being one of those things that like I want to do, but like if it never happens, it'll be because it was just too much of a pain in the ass to do. And that's really on my part because my schedule is really stacked. So I only have like so much time for this. And then, you know, to get together with. And I hit Ruckus up again to fix the computer. And he gave me like, yeah, yeah, I'll still do it. And so, you know where that computer is? Still in my fucking room. Um, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but when I get that fixed, it's a little bit easier because then it just goes off of my schedule. And now if I do add one more person, it's not Shaheen to record it. It's whoever I'm including on doing the show with. So, um it does make things a little bit easier because it cuts it down to just, you know, connecting with one person, which is what I'm doing right now with Shaheen. And this is why you're hearing me now. And you know, it's, it's working, but the more you add and the more levels of it, you add, it, it becomes more of a hassle to me. I just, I just work so much and I only give a shit about this so much. You know? Um, 
when's the last relevant Nick Gage match? The one at Run Ricky Run with RSP. Uh, was the last relevant Nick Gage match the one at Run Ricky Run with RSP? Is RSP why it was good? Um, I don't know that that match was good. Um, but I would say yes, absolutely. RSP would be the reason why it's good. And I don't like RSP as a person. I think he's a cornball. But um, he's a, he's a fantastic deathmatch wrestler. He really is. Um, his matches with Danny Havoc, and I know we're talking Danny Havoc, but like Danny was having some pretty average deathmatches with the guys that they put him in with in CZW because CZW was running real thin on deathmatch wrestlers. So unless he lined up with with Tremont for the millionth time, you know, it it was like few and far between and and you'd get some good stuff but there was a lot of the you know tag teaming with noi and you know some of the stuff was good some of the stuff was uh, just average but when he had that series with ricky it was like holy fuck man who is this dude because this shit is this shit is on another level and that's when i realized how good he was like right off the bat because i saw the one match with danny and i was like wow this guy seems fucking good. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe that was just one good match with Danny Havoc. And then they had the next one and it was like, yo, their matches are on another fucking, this dude was bleeding fucking buckets and taking like insane, like dragging suplexes through a fucking pane of glass. Like not your average spots. Um, so I, yeah, I would definitely have to give him credit for it. Cause I, for me, last, uh, relevant Nick Gage match, I don't remember which one came first, but either the one with Scott Summers in On Point, I think that one came first. So the last relevant, I'd have to say, was the John Wayne Murdoch one in IWA. Because that shit was like almost an hour. Oh, no, 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 no. My apologies. His matches with Tremont. His matches with Tremont, I believe, would have been the, the last three. And those three matches had motherfucking heart in it because Tremont. Because Tremont brought him to that level because that was something that he dreamed and hoped for for years and was finally getting it. And Tremont knew his own door was closing and that shit went fucking bananas. I mean, three of the best death match rest, uh, three of the best death matches you'll ever see is, is those three matches, in my opinion. Um, you know, so th that's what I would say. I mean, I still like. As far as the way Nick Gage himself actually wrestled, you're just not going to match the intensity he used to have pre-prison. He came out with that intensity that first time. And he went back in and got further gang-affiliated and all that other shit. He came out garbage and just deteriorated more and more since then. And then Pep Rally Gage showed up. And now that's all it is. As long as the Pep Rally's rolling, as long as the crowd's participating with, with the chants back and forth, he could do these like kind of mail in death matches at that. I mean, the intensity is just not there. You, you can, you know, you can have all the credit for every single bump you take in those matches. I'm not taking anything away from you as far as the pain you go through and the shit you deal with there. But as far as the intensity and the, this guy coming out there looking like he's ready to rip somebody's head off, that shit doesn't happen in a while. It just hasn't. Huh. Uh, Sozio is asking me to touch on the Cosby release and uh, how it hurt the feelings of people who 
have completely unrelated experiences. That's exactly what I talked about. Um, shout out to Sozio, struggling with Sozio. Back on his shit over there. Put a couple episodes down. And uh, yeah, check him out. Um, check out uh, Eric at the We Got Nick Mullins podcast. We Got Nick Mullins. Um, great dude. He just asked me earlier when I do the podcast and stuff. I always feel bad when people like my shit when I go into my little hiatuses because I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. And I have people like, so when are you going to do a show? And it's like, man, I don't like letting people down and shit, you know? And for the most part, I come through on the shit that I do. So, you know, when I stop doing something and someone's looking for it, it's like, fuck, man, I, I got to find the, uh, the enthusiasm to, to do that shit but uh yeah always checking up on me and shit um big shout out to eric great dude um jeremy got Shane. um who do i uh charles is asking me who do i think is that motherfucker brady alluded about uh i don't know what the fuck he's talking about um I think he said, oh, oh, now I know what he's talking about. He was saying, uh, like, he was close to a trade before he went to the Bucks, And they opted to keep the guy who they were using. And he said, you're going to pick that motherfucker over me? And I think, you know, a lot of people think, but I think it's definitely the Niners. Absolutely the Niners and absolutely Jimmy G because Jimmy was coming off for his Super Bowl, um, you know, going to the Super Bowl. He was coming into this next season. The Niners had a good feeling about him and had no reason not to because, I mean, the guy in his first full season with the Niners went and fucking went to the Super Bowl. So there was a lot more to our team than that, but that's that's the resume that he laid out. So it was like, and everybody looked at the game and was like, man, we really fucking tanked and lost that shit in the second half, but this team looks like they should be back next year without question. And then we got completely destroyed by injuries, including Jimmy. So going into that season, we had a reason to go, nah, I think we're going to stick with our younger guy that really did just fucking show his his shit this year um and fit you know fit into the offense and you know may not be the greatest quarterback in the nfl but he has some pretty good fucking numbers and look we went to the fucking super bowl so you know which was something that the patriots didn't do anything close to that previous year you know the year that we went to the super bowl the patriots weren't even in the running so you had the question is brady done you know yeah, like he's Tom Brady, but okay, like what year is it stopping, you know, where the dominance is, you know, the, where where does the dominance stop? Because the Patriots looked pretty hopeless that year. It wasn't all Brady, but he was throwing picks, you know? So, I mean, you know, it, the team was stripped down. There wasn't a lot there for him. But again, like you're selling, getting rid of your younger quarterback that just showed you Super Bowl potential. For a guy who maybe all his Super Bowls were behind him. And clearly, he proved that to be wrong. But I understand the Niners' decision and going in and saying, no, we trust in Jimmy. This is our guy. And motherfucker, I'll add the 
the, the motherfucker, I think, goes back to when he was in New England, there was a lot of rumors about um, Brady not liking Jimmy being there. And part of the reason why they had to trade him because he was there as if he was like the next move after Brady. And Brady was very stern on, I'm not going anywhere, motherfucker. Like, you might think I'm almost done. I ain't almost done yet. So as this Jimmy gets to be like where as soon as I have a bad game, the fans are starting to be, what about Jimmy? Da, da, da. I don't want to hear that shit no more. Make a move with this guy. From what I heard, that, that was the motivating factor of getting rid of Jimmy out of New England because Bill loved him. So I could see where he already didn't have a great feeling about him. Wanted to go to San Francisco because San Francisco was his favorite team growing up. He idolized Joe Montana and all that stuff. So believe that Brady wanted to go play for San Francisco and, and put a fucking Niner ring on his hand and fucking wish he would have, you know what I mean, in retrospect. But again, I was also on, no, Jimmy's proven himself. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, you could say whatever you want to in retrospect and in retrospect, Brady is still the fucking guy. He's still going to compete at a really high level. And uh, you definitely want him on your team until the day that guy doesn't play football anymore. But it is what it is. And, yeah, I, I definitely think the Niners and Jimmy G is who he was talking about. So, um, let's see. So I think that's all I had in the Facebook here. I'm going to hop over to um, the stuff that. Here. Yo, who does um who the fuck does Glade think they are? The the, the their freshener spray. Remember I talked about this shit in the past with the other dumbass spray they had? I don't know who the fuck they think they are. I saw this and, and I also don't know the people I work with, I don't know where the fuck they get their, their taste or their whatever from, but the name of this scent is Sky and Sea Salt. Okay, first off, the fuck's the sky smell like? And sea salt, like, I don't think that has a fucking smell either. Maybe, maybe a little bit, like salt, salt water, maybe. But, but that doesn't say like salt water. This is like sea salt, like just the salt. Um, and then it says notes of light breeze and sea salt. First, you already fucking said sea salt, so I don't know why the fuck we're going back to sea salt, but uh, notes of a light breeze, so the sky with a little bit of wind. What the fuck? That's not it. None of this shit is a scent. And they just make you smell like whatever, and you're just like, this is sky and sea salt. I can't stand this fucking company anymore, because they, they've gotten way out of control with their fucking scents. Um, let me see what, um, oh, I, I had mentioned it the other day on, on, uh, Facebook. And I want to mention this again with a little bit more detail to it, but every single fucking spot that has ever been done with multiple people catching one guy diving through the ropes off of the top rope, off of a balcony, off of fucking anything has sucked. It looks like fucking cheerleading. 
It looks like team participation where you're trying to make the guy not get hurt while he's jumping, which is clearly what you're trying to do, but it doesn't look like offense. They call high-flying moves high-risk moves. And the reason why is because you're taking a risk when there's one guy to fucking catch you and you're going to land on him. And that's the only thing you have. When you take the risk out of it, the only time those moves even get pops is when a big fat motherfucker that shouldn't be doing it does it. That's the only time they get pops or if someone fucks up. So, like, again, doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it's just another one of these silly little routines. And it's like, hey, guys, like, I like you guys all gather together out there, act like you're kind of sort of fighting, but really waiting for me. And then I'm going to dive out there and you guys are all just going to like kind of fall down slowly. And then I'll get up. And every time motherfuckers get up, they go to the crowd like, come on, because no one gives a fuck. And like your standard, you shouldn't have to tell people to clap for you if the shit you just did is dope. And it's not. It never is. It's fucking completely removing the danger from the fucking move altogether. And it's garbage. Stop fucking doing it. Go do that shit in your backyard at barbecues because you're only doing it for you. You're not doing it for the fucking fans because no one gives a fuck about that. And if they act like they are, they're dumb. And you could have skipped doing that shit and they still would have clapped for you because they're dumb. You, you could do fucking A. You could run by and high five that same fucking dude and he'll be all marked the fuck out because you touched him. And you didn't have to dive through the ropes with your friends catching you. So you could just skip all that shit. Fuck that move. Fuck all that dumb shit. This is what I mean. Like, I just got burnt out on all all sorts of facets of wrestling that never made sense. But now I just got tired of seeing it. Like, you know, there, that's one of the least believable things that in this, you know, uh, choreographed fight that we're doing here it is everybody catch the guy. You know, like, I could see where you guys are out fighting as a group and one guy gets thrown out of the group. And then the guy in the ring fucking clips him with a flying move. Now, you got the one-on-one, so they were in a group. And when this guy drifted off of the group, guy came flying through the ropes and leveled him. That's dope because that's like he didn't expect it. He was fighting with the guy over here. Then he turned and out of nowhere, boom. A lot of that high-flying shit to the outside looks like the guy's waiting for him. And that's, that's, the, that's a terrible fucking look. You know, it shouldn't be so blatant. Everything's so fucking blatant. And you just get tired. It's like you're going through the motions. Like, I know how this story ends. Let me just watch it play out. Like, uh, okay. For how many fucking years? Because I I attended this shit for well over 10 years. Every fucking month watching the same shit over and over. Oh, drop down. Don't, don't take over. Fucking leapfrog. <sighs> you know, and, but again, like when you see this shit a million times and an arrestor will tell you you're not qualified to tell them when they do it bad. I'm pretty sure that's how you get qualified to do it. Just seeing shit enough times ago, like, I remember seeing that shit done really well, and that wasn't what you just did. That shit was garbage. But people hate to fucking hear truth and, you know, anything that doesn't cater to their their feelings. Um, all right, Shane's got some shit in here. Uh, the white supremacy group in Philly from Texas. Yeah, uh, that's wild, man. That's some balls. They walk down the street in Philly and shit. Like, if motherfuckers are getting shot in Philly every day, those gotta be the ones, man. Y'all gotta get on your fucking game. There shouldn't have been so much as a fucking picture on the internet. They should have been cleaned the fuck up as soon as they landed. 
hoods and shit and the fucking banners and all this shit. Yeah, they should have set those motherfuckers on fire like like the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they should have tipped over a fucking awning on those cats, climbed the fucking the 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 light pole and fucking dropped an elbow on the motherfuckers. Like y'all should have done something extreme to make sure these motherfuckers knew they ain't welcome there. But that's just me. I know I'm encouraging violence, but if it's going to happen anyway, let's at least let it land in the right fucking spots instead of kids dying in Philly every goddamn day. Um, uh, Schlackber Summers I talked about. Pinky's going through it. I don't know. I mean, this dude's, yeah, he, he's, he's out of his fucking mind. I think he was talking something about his dad or some shit or venting on, on one of those. Someone sent it, that Shaheen sent it to me, but, um, yeah, I don't even pay attention to that dude existing anymore because he's, he's just a bum. He's just a clown. He'll never apply himself to anything to be anything. It'll always be stories of just being close enough to people who actually invested themselves like Dickinson and EYFBO and Homicide and all those guys. He's, he's real familiar with all these people and he's friends with them and all that. And they passed them right by. You know, because he, he's not that guy. He's just not going to dedicate himself to anything in life. So he'll just complain and bitch and whine on Facebook about things instead of addressing what's wrong in his life and figuring that shit out and, and doing better. It's not his style to do better. Um, how does ICW stay afloat? I have no idea. Because with the crowds that they're, they're, they're bringing in, I have, I have no idea. I don't know. I know they sell a bunch of that bullshit merch. It's like overpriced fucking like here. Here's a piece of fucking barbed wire that fucking um, Jimmy Lloyd got cut with. It's $50. Like, wow. Like They sell that dumb shit. Which I don't think Jimmy Lloyd works there. I, I got to get like a chart or something where like this guy won't work for ICW and this guy won't work for GCW. And this guy works for both companies. I know Schlack works for both companies. I know uh, Akira doesn't work for GCW. Uh, Gage won't work for ICW. Um, yeah, I, there, there's shit on both sides. I don't know. But, um, 140 dead across the U.S. on July 4th. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Just humans are trash. It's just that's all it is. We're the most dangerous animal on the planet to every animal, including us. That's it. We're senseless. We, we have enough intelligence to ruin entire species, to completely push all sorts of animals out of existence. Our fucking existence alone created a homeless animal population. The reason why I have the job that I have now and... Everybody who works in the animal, you know, welfare, the the shelter, rescue, all of that stuff, that all came from people having the desire to own domesticated animals and completely losing control of that fucking plan to the point where there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of animals getting euthanized every single fucking day because humans fucked that up. Think about that shit. You know? That's all on us. 
So that's why when people are like, oh, every human life is precious. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Drake gives a fuck about every baby. He doesn't give a fuck about thousands of fucking dogs and cats that are euthanized every day in shelters. You don't give a fuck about that, right? You know, like, there, there's other shit going on. Like, the, the baby isn't even born yet. While we just murder fucking hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of animals. Millions. Oh, and then this this one's overpopulating. So we're going to get a whole lot of those. We're going to send a bunch of rednecks with those Trump flags out into the woods and shoot a bunch of deer. Because, you know, we built a lot of new communities in the past five years, but we don't consider that to be an issue at all. But the issue is that we're seeing way too many of these guys running on our newly built roadways, and we need to make sure there's less of them to run into our space. You know, just just that's like we live such arrogant bullshit fucking existence as humans that it sucks, man. It's like a lot of those people, 140 dead on July 4th across the U.S. A lot of those people were innocent people. I guarantee it. But I'm so fucking cynical at this point where I'm just like good, less people. I don't like I don't even I don't even focus on on shit like that as like a negative anymore. And you know, I'm, I'm never going to be the type of person to go out killing people and shit because I love, I love my life. I love fuck the, the, the positives. I love the, the happy shit in life. But just so troubled with the, the constant fucking existing around these fucking people that are just garbage humans. People who just don't have any common courtesy. They don't have any morals. They don't have any anything. And you just have to share space with these motherfuckers. So... You know, it, it, it's just, you know, that shit that, that's, it's hard to wrap your head around. You know, you obviously love the people you love in life, but people I've never met, I just don't even value them. You know, I don't, I don't disrespect or try to inconvenience other people in life in general, you know, because I just want to do me. I just want them to do them and I stay out of your way. You stay out of my way and all that. So I don't mean it in a way where I act in a way like I don't give a fuck about anybody's feelings. Um, you know, I speak open and honestly, this is how I speak. But I don't, you know, I don't go out of my way to, you know, do anything that's that's inconvenient to other people. So I just mean that in a way where you're like, oh, do you, do you care that 300 people died over there? No, nah, not really. Nah, you know, I think it's terrible, but it's never going to fucking stop because humans are just fucking garbage. I mean, they're just garbage. Uh Cosby talked about that. Uh, Britney Spears, yo, that that shit is wild. That shit is real wild because like her father's got her locked into some crazy ass contract where like he owns her shit. Like she's not allowed to get pregnant. That's the type of shit she's on. I'm surprised Drake isn't part of her fucking camp. <laughs> let her get pregnant, man. Papa Spears, let her get pregnant. Um, but yeah, like she's locked down on some shit where like she can't do shit. She's got to do everything, like, through her conservatorship. Like, yeah, she fucked up on that contract. That's what that is. So she's got to fight her way out of that shit. And, uh, I don't know, I guess so far, she's not winning. But, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, yeah, I didn't see that other match for Slack or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's about all I got. I'm trying to think if there's something I missed. I don't know. I watched uh, I watched a decent amount of the ICW stuff. None of it really does much for me. Like I said, I was uh, 
I was into some of the stuff. I saw uh, Tank versus, I don't even remember which week this is, because they just keep running fucking shows, like, every week. And uh, I saw Tank versus Murdoch. That was really good. Um, Murdoch overall has been killing it. You know, he, um, he he's fat as fuck. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but, I mean, he, he's, he's a hell of a deathmatch worker. He does good shit out there. So, um, he, uh, he wrestled Tank. That was really good. Um, I, I love the Sadika match with him. The, um, the fuck else did I see? I was actually excited for fucking Damn Ma versus Murdoch. They were building this whole fucking thing. Uh, that uh, he's gonna do a death match and this and that, and Danny even got on that pathetic kind of shit. Uh, fucking Demonto, and he came out there and was like, "Okay, guys, like I just need you to really, really get excited when like this match comes because like Danny, like he doesn't do this shit, and man, like he's gonna go full death match, man, like full death match, like that's just corny. That's the thing that what I've always said about Danny Demonto, uh, you know, uh." ultra violence yes or no like you're such a cornball bro you're, there's nothing cool about you you might be from fucking north jersey new york whatever the fuck but that that shit you just you don't know how to convey cool man you just you just fucking don't and uh, you know you laugh at that shit but it's just that that type of cornball shit where you're out there pretty much begging the fans to get excited when he comes out because you know that he didn't want to do the shit to begin with that you know, but anyway, I'm just saying, like, yo, one of the very few people that could pick fucking John Wayne Murdoch's fat redneck ass up and throw him is fucking damn off. Damn off is is unreal looking. Like his fucking build overall, like he just looks like a fucking. He looks like he took that shit that the Ninja Turtles took and they gave to uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Like he looks like that shit. Like you gave some kind of fucking bald animal the the fucking ninja turtle shit and he built into that shit and you're like oh fuck shredder's got one of these motherfuckers now you know and he's just out there clobbering motherfuckers and uh you know so i i see this as like yo he might even win the title and do it you know go in deathmatch for like rare shit and uh i was pretty excited for it and all that and i'll tell you what like it I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know if some I don't know if he got cut bad and they bailed on it or what. But I don't remember a finish. I don't remember anything. I don't think he went for the fucking burning hammer. I I, I didn't even see him go for the burning hammer. It was another one of those things where I looked down at my phone for a little bit and I looked back up and it was over. And there was no like finish that I heard about or anything. But next thing you know, Eric Ryan was in there challenging John Wayne Murdoch and cashing some kind of shit in. So he had to fight him after he fought Dan Moff, which again is like completely squashing that match from ever existing in, in it, in what it should have been because both of those guys should be taking each other to their limits. There's no way you wrestle another match after you wrestled Dan Moff. There's no way you wrestled another match after you wrestled John Wayne Murdoch. So to have that even go on after the other thing, something had to have happened where they couldn't just leave it like that. And they were like, just go out there or something. I don't know. But I feel completely fucking gypped out of that match because that match should have been a fucking classic. 
because John Wayne Murdoch is at the top of his fucking craft at doing what he does as a deathmatch worker. And Dan Moff is an absolute fucking strong style beast in that ring. So when you put those two things together and just get the brutality of the hard hitting, the fucking deathmatch, all that, that's the shit that's going to sell me. Because it's more than just your average deathmatch. Smash, 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 smash. No sell, smash, 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 smash. No sell. Like, this is going to be, like, brutality on both sides where, like, you don't have a fucking choice but to sell. Because damn off ain't used to getting cut the fuck up. And, you know, Murdoch, I mean... You know, damn off hits motherfuckers harder than I'd say most people. So when you, you know, Murdoch's going to take some serious fucking strikes off of that guy that he wasn't taking off of, um, even like an Eric Ryan, Eric Ryan ain't hitting like fucking, you know, he's in good shape and everything in great shape, but he's not, he's not hitting like damn off. You know, uh, the, the honey badger isn't hitting like damn off. No fucking way. So I, I still feel like that's a fucking dream match that we just didn't get. We didn't, didn't we didn't get what that was capable of being. Um, so there was that. Other guys that I want to give credit to is the Honey Badger, the uh, uh, Neil Diamond Cutter, because he's been really going out there and working his fucking ass off. Uh, I, as I've said in the past, I think he's a shit out of a person. He's the type of guy to take people's t-shirt money. And take months to send him the fucking t-shirt. Because he just doesn't understand how like. Respect and morals work. Where if someone. Goes out of their way. And comes out of their pocket to support you. You don't get to waste fucking time. Giving them the thing that they were. Fucking putting in on. You know how hard it is like to sell. Like t-shirts and shit like that. Like if you're trying to get your fucking name out there. And sell t-shirts. And you get actual people who are so into your shit. And want to run around the east coast supporting you. And you drag your feet on that because, oh, man, uh, you know, meanwhile, like, you'll see the, the constant videos and pictures and all this of motherfuckers out drinking and having a good time. You got to fucking find five dollars to send them the fucking shirt to, to postage a fucking shirt and send it to New Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, so that I'll never respect him as a person because then I had to hit him up because Jeremy hit him up a whole shitload of times to no response. And I fucking, I got at him the way I get at motherfuckers. And then suddenly he praised me for sticking up for my friend and sent him a fucking t-shirt finally. So like, I, I'll never forget shit like that because that just shows character. That just shows like who you are as a person. And that's just a shithead move. Even though he ended up sending in the long run, I still think like you shouldn't have to be fucking badgered, uh, no pun intended, or, uh, you know, hunted down for the thing that you sold somebody. Uh, that, that, that's a fucking transaction. You don't get to just not do your part. Um, but wrestling wise, he's a little guy, that, uh, like two guys that look like shit and show the fuck up is, uh, on the, the deathmatch side, uh, Neil Diamond Cutter and on the wrestling side, uh, Gary J that, that dude just looks like some redneck bullshit. And that dude hits like. Almost like Dan Moff. Like, like he's one of those guys. I think he's wrestling Dan Moff coming up too, which I'm really looking forward to seeing because he is a striking motherfucker for a guy who doesn't look like he's built for that at all. He is one of those motherfuckers that hits just really fucking hard. Um, but the other guy that I want to actually put over a little bit is Insane Lane. Um, you know, you might remember back 
years ago, I got into it with Insane Lane because he posted some racist ass shit. Um, since then, I think he stopped drinking or, or something, which is a good move because I think, you know, some of that shit was stemmed by that. But he had said some old racist shit online and I didn't like it and I buried him. And then um, after that, I had buried him kind of again because um, Ian was talking about bringing him back in for some like greatest king of the death match ever like super card and then put insane lane on it and at the same time like lane was over 300 pounds fucking easy uh probably getting yeah over 300 pounds but uh he was uh just shitty and i saw him and even like the king of the death match what was that 2016 or something that i went to 15 16 i don't know years but um and he was slow and just shitty. He was just like walking towards his opponent, limited to just hitting with items, wasn't really jumping to take bumps, wasn't really picking up to do a low lot of moves. It was very basic, brawly, kind of just the best you could do kind of deathmatch shit. And, it, and that wasn't always the case with Lane because I saw him like he was never like ripped. That I saw him at least, but uh, you know, years ago, like he wrestled Mickey Knuckles in in uh, CZW, a great fucking match. And again, she would have been the queen of the combat zone if they just kept booking, booking her. That's it. That would have been that easy. Like that would have been the queen of the combat zone because that also fits the bill of like I could do death matches, I could wrestle, I could do this, I could do that. That would be Lefisto. That would be Mickey Knuckles. That would be like those those type of chicks that could actually do all the things that CZW was, not just kind of valet and and you know but um you know so lane was i mean back in the day he was capable of having good wrestling matches he played a good gimmick with the insane thing he kind of always re reminded me of like a death match eugene uh where he seemed like half retarded and you know he'd run around and do a bunch of fucking crazy shit and it, you know he seemed completely fearless too um but yeah, so he had gotten just like that fat and shitty for a while and I would bury him on it and all that. And he really, uh, he lost a bunch of fucking weight. I mean, he lost, he must've lost like a hundred pounds and he, he went out there with, uh, Neil diamond cutter and they had a good fucking match. They definitely had a good match. There was some comedy to it. There was some fucking, uh, that one was on 4th of July, I believe. Um, I lose track of which show is which and which I don't, I don't, I don't care enough to know, but, um, yeah, some crazy death match shit. Obviously the, the match was itself was a death match. So there was lots of death match shit, but you know, lots of crazy bumps and bleeding and, and all that shit. And, um, yeah, like I, I thought he did very well for himself because I'm comparing it to what he had devolved into. And I figured there was no way he steered himself out of that and ever became a viable deathmatch guy again. He was just going to be that fat guy that can only do so much. Say, hey, I used to be this and this, and I'm technically a legend because of whatever. It's, you know, he fucking bettered himself. And, and I'll give him credit for that. And, um, yeah, that, that was a good match. So, um... As far as the you know death matches go and all this other shit blending together, it brought us something a little different. I think that's the most of what I could even remember over the weekend. I watched uh, the um, and I think these are like two different weekends, so that's how like scrambled it all is for me. 
but uh, it's been that long since I did a show, so just talk about whatever I think of. Um, and then that um, Justin Kyle dude wrestled uh, Phil Baroni and, and quote-unquote knocked him out. Um, I, I wasn't as big of a fan of this. I was hoping for a lot better out of this, but um, it's a real weird avenue when we have this, like, shoot work kind of thing where like i'm trying to knock the guy out but we know goddamn well that's not what's really happening it comes off weird um some of that stuff just doesn't come off great to me um you know like back when you know necro and and damage and they would get into these fist fights and like you know someone would just get randomly knocked out because they caught one a little too strong and shit. That was a little different because there was a legitimacy to it. And there was still a little bit more of a wrestling match structure around it. But now we're in like a UFC cage and we're punching each other, but like, yeah, it's still wrestling. And that guy was actually a UFC fighter. So I got to believe that this guy who's a legit badass. I mean, this Justin Kyle dude is, I mean, he's an absolute beast. And I think, uh, he he's gonna if he can stick around a while, I think he's gonna be the future of of a lot of shit. You know, like the the deathmatch scene and the strong style scene. He he could fit into both and do great things. Um, you know, and he's a fresh face on the East Coast, so I think he could do a lot. But I'm supposed to believe that like he just knocked this fucking UFC guy out, and I I don't know. I don't know that that's what I'm looking to to buy into right now you know i I think he's capable of it sure but like uh, yeah it it doesn't really jive with me the way that they worked it and not only that but like the dude like he went on uh jeremy's show both uh phil baroni and uh justin kyle did interviews on i got your five stars so if you want to go back check those out go right ahead and uh you know to hype up this match so you got kind of both sides and, you know, they showed a lot of mutual respect and all this, but Justin Kyle revealed that he had a broken orbital socket. So he came in the match with a mask. And at some point during the mask, the match, he pulled the mask off. You know, a proud tear fell from Drake Younger's eye because anytime a mask comes off, that's what happens to him. Even if he's not there, he just gets like a touched feeling where he just feels like something beautiful just happened and he doesn't know why or where but that's what happens when a mask comes off that's how he feels even when like in disney world you know when when adults are attending disney world without children like fucking clowns in their fucking 30s and um mickey mouse goes to the back to catch a breather from photo ops with adults and uh maybe have a cigarette or like slam heroin or do whatever the fuck he's got to do to get through his day with with these fucking silly ass adults and mouse ears um you know when he goes to the back and he pulls that that helmet that mask off drake feels that shit too like even that time he goes like man hold on i just need a second all right man something just happened it felt beautiful mask came off so justin justin kyle takes the mask off like fuck that shit so you're telling me now the ufc guy has no chance of landing a punch anywhere near that fucking broken orbital socket because that's like 
you're bringing attention to that space going like, now I'm not even protecting it. And again, the UFC guy just doesn't stand a chance of hitting your face even one time. Because it would only take a tap. It would only take a jab to fucking level someone with a broken orbital socket, I would think. But like now you're telling that you take your shit off and then you lay him the fuck out. So, I mean, I wouldn't even book Phil Baroni in the, in the company again because he, he came off looking like absolute garbage. Like, he got jobbed the fuck out. So, I would leave that at that. His booking fee is probably a little higher than it should be. But, um, yeah, I mean, he used that guy as a stepping stone for Justin Kyle, but, like, that bridge is burned with that dude because I won't take him seriously now. Despite him being a legitimate fighter, we just played off where he just got crushed real quick. So... Yeah, that's that's uh, how I felt about that. And, uh, yeah, I think Justin Kyle's the truth, but, you know, shit like that where, like, yeah, I'm going to go into this fucking fight. We're going to get real, really going to hit each other. My our, my orbital socket's broken. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not real. You're not really hitting anything. You know, you're going to make some contact in that match, but they're deliberately avoiding hitting you in the fucking spot that would immediately end you. You know, your fucking eyeball could pop out if you hit that hard enough. Like, so again, like when it comes down to like the injury shit, like I hate when a deathmatch wrestler comes out with a fucking knife or a sword. So now you're going to hold. I saw that. I forget who the fuck did it. They came out with a fucking sword and then like held the sword sideways and pressed it into the forehead. This is a deathmatch. You're trying to kill this guy, right? Like, that's what I mean. Or, or at least brutally hurt him, right? You have a sword. Like, there's a way that a sword works. It's got a handle on it. If you swing it, you'll slice them wide open. You got to leave shit like that in the back because, like, okay, how am I going to cut this guy with a light tube? Okay, well, I'm going to smash it into his forehead. I'm going to smash it over his back, smash it over his head. Like, you could believe that that's all you really can do with that item, and you're really being you're being violent and you're being destructive with this, with this element because you can, you know what I mean? But if you bring out a gun, don't like start smushing them in the, in the head with the back of it. Like it does a thing that hurts a guy and you're not really doing that. So it's silly, but yeah, that's, that's uh, just my little thing there. But uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. And uh, I'll leave it at that. So uh, we'll talk to you motherfuckers later. I'm going to end this shit with a Sean Price track so you can take the huck a buck. And I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Stupid ass house, nigga. I can't see you, though, bitch. You see me? The devil is a motherfucking liar. But you know I ain't worried. Be honest. You don't like it? Kiss my ass if you don't like it. It's my house. Yo, listen. Yo, gather round, motherfuckers, and stop the bullshitting. Before I go gun ho, full forward and full fifth. It don't make a difference to Sean ripping the crime. Guns up, thumbs up, motherfucker, Devon. Sean's 33 like I do your bar. You too old to be rapping how true you are. Throw your punk ass in front of a moving car. Sticks and stones break bones, words don't hurt me, pa. Listen, Jack and Jill went up the hill. They got told back by Fizzy, won't back and bail. Amazing race, eat the food of your plate. Wash it down with some milk, bitch. You know how I'm built. Sean Price is a Negro. Luke Ferrigno, incredible flow, bitch. I'm letting you know. I'm the boot camp general. The veterans won't remember the Alamo flow going for broke. Peace. I'm
Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter how you come with me, and you and you down doing what I'm talking about doing. Lord is to get this book open. Train in these waters to get the poor, the fatherless, and the widows to up out of them penitentiaries. You down with that? You ain't down with that? Shut your goddamn ass up. Hey, yo. It go as I combine all the shells from my nine. Run up, gun up, daddy's cracking your spine. Powerful impact, boom from the cannon. A new sheriff in town, clown, I'm Reggie Hammond. I'm trying to get rich and die trying. You die trying to get rich, that's when the nine lined them. These birds say with my wordplay, you're mind in my mind. I'm at the herb gate, and these niggas ain't selling no dimes. Get deep in your face, Illuminati, your grill. Body somebody and jump on my Ducati and pill. I'm not like these other rappers, flashing the pants, dance steps, fuck a rapper, ruckus after the gold and after that the platinum, beef after that hurricane string pack the gats us. Motherfucker, son of a bitch. <laughs>